for more sports history. This is the story of the 1965 Minnesota Twins, the American League pennant winners. Here's the pitch. The Minnesota Twins, winning of veterans and youngsters, time and again showed an amazing ability to come from behind in the late innings. These are the broadcasts that tell the Twins' 1965 story of winning the pennant. The pattern started to develop early in the season. On May 11th, first place is at stake. The Twins are playing the Los Angeles Angels. The score is tied at 2-2. The Angels' great right-hander, Dean Chance, is pitching. Two to two, last of the ninth inning. I'll leave on third round. The infield is up all around. The outfield is coming in very shallow for the triple. He's going to want to get to catch a long fly ball since he'll leave it to the score. The first pitch to Harmon. Swing and a miss, the breaking pitch off the outside corner. Certainly is. Showing any inclination to walk Killebrew. Harmon is grounded out and struck out twice tonight. The infield right up to the ground. The outfield shallow. Chance into the windup. Here's the pitch. One on hit back to Chance. He can't find a ball. And a rebound gone. Most of the Twins' ten victories over the Detroit Tigers were accomplished the last time at bat. On June 25th, the first-place Twins had a half-game lead over Chicago and Cleveland. The Twins and the Tigers were tied 3-3. Three to three. It was the last of the ninth. 3-3 three, three here in the last of the ninth with two out and the bases loaded for the Twins. Two-strike count on pinch hitter Joe Nossick. Fred Gladding working in relief of Wickersham. Here's a wind-up to the pitch. He sends a ground ball forty for second. Top three for the second baseman on the first. Dave wins with. The Twins four and the Tigers three. As they rally with two out and none on in the ninth. And the Twins are assured of staying in first place for at least another 24 hours. All day and I'll tell you again, you can now get up. From underneath the bench. <laughs> the game is over. All is forgiven. <laughs> I'm twins. You wouldn't say the twins had them all away, would you? Boy, that's the way to crash that nugget. In a pinch. Pull down the ball and dribble it towards second, and Lumpy coming in fast might have gotten a slower man. But Nasik can run, and so the twins really pulled one out of the fire tonight. The last game before the break for the All-Star Game. The Twins and the defending champion New York Yankees meet at Metropolitan Stadium. It's a tense, rhubarb-filled game. Twins manager Sam Neely has already lodged a protest over a ruling that went against the Twins. The Twins are down by a run. Ball two, strike two, two out, one on, five for the Yankees, last of the night. Mickelson comes to the set. 
There's the pitch. Way outside, almost a wild pitch. So Rollins will be moving as it's three and two to Killebrew. He tried to sidearm Harmon and came way outside that time. Richardson back on the grass, the second baseman in near second. Killebrew's ready. Rollins leads at first. Here's the set. And the pitch. A foul behind the plate. He changed up on him three and two. It's out of play. Rollins goes back to first. Oh, my. Imagine the season's only half over. One after another of games that go right down to the wire. It makes for great baseball, but a little tough on the blood pressure. Here's the pitch. A drive takes the left. Way And the season was only half over. It's July 31st now. The contending Orioles are in town. It's the last of the 11th. One of baseball's premier relief pitchers is working for the Orioles. Last of the 11th. Stu Miller pitching, Tony Oliva batting. Oliva today is one for three a single, walked one time. The last time he faced Stu Miller, it was in Baltimore last Sunday. And Tony had a three-run homer to tie the game at 5-5. A game eventually won by the Twins 8-5. Here's the wind-up and the first pitch. A smash through the middle and a grab by Apicio behind second. He has no play. Oliva is on. Oliva is sacrificed to second. Hank Bauer, the Baltimore manager, orders an intentional walk to Killebrew. And then, with Joe Nothing up, Miller looks back at second. Delivery. Ground ball slowly at the third. Robinson has it on the second out there. On the first, not in time. Oliva's going to score it. He scored it. Oliva went all the way to the plate. Oliva scored it from second as the Orioles missed the double play. The winning run comes across on a tremendous bit of daring base running by Tony Oliva. As Booth Powell took the relay at first, which was not in time, he took that fatal look. He didn't believe it. He hesitated just that long. By the time he made his throw to the plate, Oliva was in with a slide. The Twins win it in 11 innings by a score of 2-1. to one. Halsey, that's the way I saw the winning run. Well, I don't see how anybody can see it differently. Unless they were yelling so loud they couldn't see it. <laughs> Please see. That's the way with a lot of folks here. Another last inning time for the Twins. On August 2nd, the Orioles' sixth round hit a three-run homer in the top of the ninth to tie the Twins at five and five. In the last of the ninth, Jimmy Hall batted for Johnny Clipstein. One and two to Jimmy Hall. The wind-up and the pitch. One on the side, the left field is going deep. Now it's the fence. It's going, going, going. The base now is August 4th. The Washington Senators lead the Twins 3-2. to two. It's the last of the ninth. Jerry Kendall pinches for Dick Stigman. Jerry Kendall up the bat for Stigman, and there's a long with the last. It is a... With no Versailles walk. Bridges to the set. There's a pitch. A ground ball over the mound, and it is in the center for a hit. The flies around second. Streaking for third. Runners first and third, and nobody out. Up over the mound. The shortstop Brinkman couldn't get it. The second baseman Hamlin couldn't get it. 
the swings of runners at first and third. Left-handed batting, Jimmy Hall. Up. Versailles on third. Oliva on first. No out. Last of the ninth, 3-3. Three, three. Bridge is out of a windup. Here's the pitch. A ground ball right side. Versailles scores. The Queens win 4-3. And the first pitch again. Holy cow, can you imagine that? Three first pitches win the ball game for the Twins. I'll tell you, are you going to make this next trip in a basket or a wheelchair? August 23rd. Yankees and the first place Twins are tied 3-3 in the last of the tenth. Allison is on second. Mincher is on first. There is one out. Gary Kendall bats for Al Worthington. Yankees have the infield back short and second. Papaton has retreated now at first. Boyer has stepped behind third. Here's the pitch. There's a drive in the straightaway center field. Shallow. It is a baseball. It is suited for the center fielder. Allison Rushmore. The center fielder charged the ball and went off his glove or his knee. Allison scores and the Twins win by a score of four to three. All day, my boy. Well, I don't believe it. Come from behind rallies, we're now a Twins trademark. But all along, great defensive plays contributed to the Twins' surge to first place in the standings. In the same Yankee series, two days later, the Twins are leading one to nothing. The Yankees have runners at first and second with no outs. There's a fly ball hit into right center field. Deep, Costco racing to his right, and he makes a great diving catch. are an extra inning. With the score 2-2 in the last of the 11th, Don Mincher is on second base with two outs. Sandy Valdestino is called on to bat for Johnny Clipstein. Larry Sherry is the Detroit pitcher. Sherry, second is fine. Mincher leading at second with two outs. They play Sandy towards right. Here's Sherry's pitch. Breaking ball is lined in the right field. Base set. Mincher's running first. Here comes the throw from right field, and it is time for Andy Scores, and the Twins win 3-2. The other teams came up 
with later named Heroic 2. On September 4th, the second place White Sox were leading the Twins 4 to 3. Bill Flight was the Twins pitcher with Don Buford on third base. Buford's coming home. Here's a pitch. He is safe. He steals home. Don Buford steals home. And that was really a surprise with the left-handed batting Pete Ward at the plate. Buford stole home. Labor Day in Kansas City. The Twins won the first game of a doubleheader, but the surging White Sox were winning two. In the second game, the A's have the bases loaded against the Twins with the score tied at 3-3. Three to three. Bases loaded, one out, infield still up, outfield still shallow. Worthington trying to pick out of a king-sized jam. 3-3 three, three last of the night. Rosario stands in. The wind-up, the pitch. A drive into right field. One-handed pass, the runner tagging the throw to the plate. It is high, it is in front of the The first half of this Twins highlight album ends with a loss, but now the stretch drive is coming up. Showdown in Chicago, the hottest team in the league, the White Sox. They are five games behind the leading Twins. On September 8th, the score is Chicago 2 and the Twins 1. Earl Batty is on first base with one away. Jimmy Hall, the batter. Hall's last home run on August 2nd beats the Orioles. Bazaar checks the runner. Here's the pitch. A long drive to right. It is way back. Robinson at the wall. Home run. Hall, it's his 19th home run of the season. With Matty aboard, and the Twins lead for the first time, it is 3-2. The Twins won that game 3-2, went on to take command of the American League race, and the tenth numbers game is on as the Twins invade Washington on the final road trip of the season. The magic number with the Baltimore Orioles is three. Jim Grant seeks victory number 20. Halsey is the broadcaster as the Twins lead 5 to nothing in the Washington ninth inning of the first game. Willie has struck out twice, grounded into a double play started by Quillacy. Mudcat picked up, line drive to Quillacy on the hop. Frank has it. Mudcat has picked the one hit shutout, out, and they're engulfing him on the diamond. Daddy embraces him. Syllable runs up. Neely's coming out. A one hit shutout. out. The only hit. A clean double by Don Brazzing gave him the third inning. The Twins reduce their magic number to two, and the crowd is giving them an ovation. In the second game, with the score tied at 3-3 in the Twins' eighth inning, Frank Quillacy, rookie second baseman, is up. On third, Killebrew. On second, Nossick. On first, Mincher. And to the plate is Frank Quillacy. He is struck out twice and walked. 3-3. Three three, top of the eighth. Klein can work out of the windup now. 
Here's the pitch. A shot to left faces. The score is still five to three, the Twins. And in the last of the night, the burden and pressure is on young Twins left-hander Jim Merritt. Merritt has Batty's sign. Here's his windup and the pitch. The Twins have nailed down at least the tie. Jim Merritt getting congratulations. As among others, young Jimmy Merritt joins Joe Nossick, Frank Quillison, Sandy Valdespino among twin heroes. The stage is set now for the afternoon of September 26th. Two of the league's finest left-handers are matched. The Senators, Pete Rickard. The Twins, Jim Cox. A Twins victory, and the pennant comes to Minnesota. The score is one to one, as Frank Quillacy leads off the eighth. Quillacy yesterday singled in the winning and insurance run. Three and one. Here's the pitch. Ground ball that is past the column into left field. Near the line, Quillacy around first. He's headed for second. Howard throw to second. Not in time. Quillacy is on. He smashed a three-one offering. That McMullen could not quite hold. It's a double. Quillacy moves to third on a pass ball, and with one out, Zoyl Oversayes, who had earlier scored the Twins' only run, is the batter. This record really has good stuff. Oversayes stands back in. The lefty wind. Here it is. High fly ball. Center field. Not too deep. Quillacy tagging. The catch is made by Ross. Here comes the throw. It's a pretty strong one, but the rim scores. And the Twins take the lead by 2-1. And now the spotlight is on the pitching. Jim Cott pitching. It's the last of the ninth. There are two outs. Two outs. None on. This is the last of the ninth. The Twins are leading 2-1. And here is Don Zimmer. Single to left in the second, struck out in the fourth, and again in the seventh, both times swinging, right-handed batter. Swing and a miss, and there goes the bat over to the Twins' dugout. Strike one. That took a little bit off, that one. Billy Martin flips the bat out to Zimmer. John Flaherty dusts off home plate. Two out and none on in the last of the night. into that easy wind-up. Here's the pitch. Strike two call. Overhand breaking ball is in there. Perhaps just one swing left. Here's the pitch. Howled away on the right side. It's still 0-2. The Twins have won 98 games. Number 99 means the pennant. Here's the wind-up and the pitch. The Twins, as you might expect, celebrated in wild fashion in the clubhouse. Here we are, Tony. Tony, give me a hand. Tony, 
uh, walked into our little ante room here. Uh, Jim, that was a great pitching performance today. I don't mind telling you, uh, uh, I sort of crossed my fingers in the earlier innings, but if ever anybody finished strong, you certainly did. What were your thoughts as you pitched that game today, as far as your stuff was concerned, Jim? Well, Ray, I crossed my fingers along with you. I was uh, throwing not uh, the way I can throw in the early innings. I felt myself throwing kind of flat in sidearm. Suddenly I recalled a uh, Warren Spahn theory that you taught me several years ago, a toe-to-toe where I come up over the top similar to the way Jimmy Merritt does. And of course, he gets a lot on the ball for his biggest fella as he is. Well, I noticed, Jim, that in the last of the night, uh, you mentioned now, and, and you remind me of it, that it did seem to me you were coming closer to over the top, particularly as you were pitching to the right-handed batter in the ninth inning than at any time earlier in the game, and your breaking pitches were magnificent in the latter portion of that game. Right, Ray, I was trying to more or less jump at the hitter and uh, throw myself in the situation that uh, if they're going to beat me, they're going to hit me. I'm not going to walk anybody or make a lollipop pitch. I was going to challenge him with the best I had, and uh, this gave me a little more incentive to jump at the hitter, and uh, fortunately I had the proper rhythm, and uh, well, everything just really fell into place. Well, congratulations to you, Jim, not only on your effort today, because the timing on this was particularly opportune, but on your contribution for the entire season. Thank you very much, Ray. Here's Coach Jimmy Lemon. Jim, I guess this makes all of the uh, travel and all of the work and all of the worry worthwhile, doesn't it? Boy, it sure does. I'll tell you, it's been 18 years now, the first one I've been on, it, it's really, really something. I, mean, I was just talking with Frank Quillacy, and I said, uh, it's my way of thinking how, how, how fortunate he must feel in his first year in the big leagues to be on a pennant winner. Yeah. And, I, and I've talked to some guys in the league, and they say, I've been in the league 14 years, they haven't even gotten close. It, it, it really must be. I'll tell you, it's, it's something for me, believe me. Well, Jim, uh, certainly uh, our congratulations to you on your part in building this ball club. I know that there's a trite phrase, you know, where everybody has contributed, but uh, believe me, in, in my years in sports, I can't think of, a, of an organizational effort uh, that is so much wrapped up in that phrase where everybody has contributed. Everyone contributed every day, and it was a different man, seemed like, but uh, I, I didn't get a hit all year. I'm here now. Jim, congratulations. Thank you very much, Ray. For all the... Uh, my boy, my boy. Do you believe now, Halsey, that we're home free? You know something? I'll go way out on a limb. I think we're going to be in the World Series. Well, Halsey, uh, as we close out this, uh, what certainly I think could be properly called a memorable, if not an historic occasion, uh, I want to tell you how happy I am, Halsey, that I know you've been with championship teams in many sports. I'm right here in the broadcast, too, but uh, to be with a big league team, I couldn't be happier for you. And to tell you, Halsey, uh, what a real pleasure it's been to call on your vast experience uh, throughout these years and to have this thing all culminate in winning a pennant uh, and how uh, almost ironic, I guess it is, to wind it up in the old home city on the part of the Twins when they were the Senators. Uh, this is right. an historic day. Well, Ray, it's been a, such a treat working with you and Herb Carneal. Thank you, old fellow. It's been an occasion for tears as well as laughter, and uh, I think a lot of the guys were choking up a little bit. <laughs> And that's the story of the Twins' pennant drive in 65. For President Calvin Griffith and the Twins' official family, a fitting reward for years of effort. For manager Sam Neely, coaches Hal Naragon, Billy Martin, Jim Lennon, and John Freed, the climax to a year of hard work. For the players, a place in the World Series. From the Twins' broadcasters, Kurt Carneal, Halsey Hall, and your single Ray Scott. Our thanks to wonderful twin fans. We'll see you at the Mets in 1966.